0: once. Sacrifice. Fran dusted the photograph beside her bed of her two sons. They were very tall and very handsome and they loved her. Challenged her, made her laugh, drove her mad, took her to task, paid for things, ate her enormous shepherd's pies, told her she was losing her marbles and also told her how proud they were of her and also continuously said to her, Stop apologising, Mum. Because Fran kept apologising. I'm really sorry, it's my biggest regret. I just cannot excuse my inaction. Yes, Mum, I know you're sorry, you keep saying it, but all parents make mistakes. They were now in their thirties, and raised since they were young, by Fran alone. And the relationship between the three of them was intense and close, and made even more so by their escape from a control that they all individually had to flee from. Even so, it would well up in her heart and mind and she would have to say again and again, I'm really, really sorry it took me so long. The photograph she was dusting of her enormous bearded sons was taken on a recent holiday in Cornwall. A rare time together, as one of them now lived overseas, and it was a happy time, and that moment captured, just as all photos capture a moment, a feeling, or something outside of the edges of that snapshot that are a reminder of a feeling, or a conversation, or an event not seen, but remembered with movement, with colour and vivacity, and all of it frozen in time. Family photos do just that, and the memories attached are, as Bob Dylan said so famously, diamonds and rust. Like, the couple, hand in hand and smiling at the camera, except the husband is actually quite miserable, and the wife isn't speaking to him. Or the children on the beach playing but in reality one is being left out by the others and feels hurt. The grandmother sitting in a deck chair having an ice cream, but her husband of 60 years has just died. Or the picture of two seemingly happy couples on a weekend break, except one has left her lover behind and wishes, oh wishes, wishes but the husband knows nothing. But the photo Fran is dusting is nothing but happy, honest and truthful, and so can be enjoyed without that whisper of something else, except photographs always reminded Fran of her need to make an apology for the sacrifice. Why did she take so long to get out Fran could find no excuses for her actions, or rather inactions, but could reason with herself as to why those actions were taken or not taken. But her removal from such a toxic environment was left far too long and did too much damage, and as every year went by, she stayed put. Because it was, well, just too complicated and too difficult, and also... She wasn't really aware that she wanted or needed to because she was so engulfed in it. She also continued to do more damage to herself as the time went by and to her sons. It had such a hold. Too complicated and difficult. Haven't others the world over stuck with their situations because it's too complicated and difficult? only to lose themselves and waste precious years tolerating anything for no other reason other than to having to hang on to some kind of mistaken respectability. No wonder it takes so long, and all the while, the effect on all, and especially the children who always know, because you cannot fool children, even if everyone else is fooled. They know when your heart is not in it, so Fran said. Boys, I'm sorry, I should have made my move earlier. This control in Fran's life. Somehow, she went along with all the decisions that were made for her, without really thinking. And there were good times, otherwise she wouldn't have stayed, would she? We had some fun too, Mum. Yeah, I know we did. A fantastic social life, holidays, hardly a moment to stop. Let alone think. And for those who were alongside her, for whom it was also just that, a social life, a club. Well, they stayed put too, for other reasons. But actually, it was all far more sinister than that. But however good it was, the time came when she had to escape and leave that behind, because staying was starting to affect her ability to even think straight, and the dishonesty, the dishonesty was crippling, and she was beginning to lose any ability to even know what she wanted, or who she was, or to ever reach her potential, and she certainly wasn't at peace. And so that moment came when she began to see clearly just what had been in reality, sacrificed, and by the time she made her exit, the two boys had started to detach themselves from it and find their own way out, their own journey, their own route, away from all they'd ever known, and to move away from family and friends who had been part of their life since day one. Fran made her final move, at last, taking that action but spending years recovering and still bears the scars which will be tender always and catch her unawares when accidentally or unexpectedly touched or brushed against. Then Fran picked up another photo of the boys, years earlier with their father on a beach in France. This was a photo for her filled with good memories of a handsome young husband and a devoted father who died young. There was no backstory beyond the edges of this particular photo, just happy, healthy family times. No sign of any illness. But there was no need either for an apology for those times, but maybe an apology for the decisions that she supported and the decisions that he was prepared to make. Fran did not need to escape from this young man who died so young, but her regrets were still there. Regrets that they hadn't both escaped when they were young and before the control they were under could persuade them, convince them to make decisions that could possibly have saved his life. But the cult was bigger and stronger and decided everything for them and it was just too complicated and too difficult to get out of. So the young father with the two boys said no to life-saving treatment and his sons were now men. He was prepared to sacrifice his life for a cause and a belief system and Fran had gone along with it all without really thinking. Fran had to say sorry for taking so long to escape the clutches and the control and the devastation of Jehovah's Witnesses. Stop apologising, Mum. We're all out now. Sacrifice was written and performed by Pandora Harvey. Once is curated by me, Florence Hood, and our credits music is by Ben Hood. Our audio supervisor is Kat Soloviev. Thanks to Naomi Hopkins and Eleanor Whiteley for help with our scripts. To find out more about us and our contributors, head over to@ onceFictionpod on Twitter and Instagram. You can also support us on Patreon. Go to patreon.com forward/ to make a pledge and get access to bonus content. Goodbye.